Oh, hold on. Hold on. Okay, hold on a second here. We've got an update. Oh, all right. Thank you to the 405. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I guess a lot of you people. Uh, Santa John, couple 405s. Uh, I guess it's a different Adam Sandler. How in the world could there be two Adam Sandlers? What a, I think I would change my name. Oh, like, you have to. That's so unfortunate. Are you kidding me? Like Gabe always jokes that there is no other Gabe Eichard on the planet that he can find. Um, I'm pretty sure that Teddy – I don't think there's another Teddy Lehman on the planet. If, if there was a very famous Chris Plank, then I think I would change my name. I wouldn't change my last name, <clears throat> but I'd definitely change my first name. But I, all right, thank you guys. Uh, y'all are up on your prices right much more than I am, so I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Try having the name Mike Gundy. That's from Sooner Gundy. Nine One Ace asks a very good question. Why do you guys always get cut off by commercials? Great question, Nine One Eight. I've noticed this on um, iHeart and TuneIn. It's not a knock against either place app wise. But I would highly suggest, Josh Helmer, that everyone download the KREF app, correct? Yes. Search and download our free, free KREF app. You won't have any problems when you stream us. All of those things that uh, if we get cut off by commercials, it's because I screwed something up, which uh, not out of the realm of possibility, but no. probably that's not going to happen too often. No. So I, in, instead of doing a true top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino, I want to hit a couple of headlines here, and then we'll do our top five stories today, which is top five storylines we're looking forward to. I didn't put all this work into this paper, uh, and I want you guys to hear from Brayden Willis too. I didn't put all the work into this just to basically – not Th- use so away. yeah n- not at all so um someone told me we need to hear the entire the entire cut from the uh from the Baylor player you want to you want to do that or is there am I going to get mad at TV guy here uh, does, yeah does go TV ahead. guy go all like this when he's talking about the weekend eh, a little bit yeah but it's not it's not terrible TV guys all right all right, so in anticipation of Oklahoma coming to town, here was, TV a, guy. Re- here was a report from KCEN. Gives us a cool little leg up this time, you know. We're, again, like I said, we're 1-0, so I think they're the ones that are a little intimidated at this point. As Big 12 Player of the Week, Anna Watson points out, Baylor is a perfect 1-0 against Oklahoma this season, the only team to beat the Sooners in 2023. It's nice that we're the only team that's taking them down, but um, I'm not so concerned of put, giving them another L over giving us another W. Sidney Cayazzo says this team is focusing on themselves as Oklahoma comes back to Waco for a three-game stand. Pressure's not on us um, this weekend because, as Anna said, we have the, um, the upper hand. The pressure's on them to keep their number one spot. Head coach Glenn Moore agrees, saying they know how good their opponent is but that's not what will win them the game when they hit the field. We're focusing on this weekend. This is a conference, and this is what, what really matters. So this is where the important uh, part starts. I'm very focused on doing what they can do and not as much the opponent. Each week they choose to go out and play their style of play and live up to their standards they've set for themselves. And now another dumb response. You know, I – 
Glenn Moore, I've got to find this. I don't know if we'll have time because there's so much spring football stuff, but he was he was so glowing on Big 12 radio the other day about OU and how sad he is that they're leaving the league, how it sucks for the league. But you would think, you know, you might say to your you might say to your players, "Hey, listen, let's not give these incredibly talented group of softball players any more motivation." Okay, they beat we beat them. We played really well. One of our players is out hurt for the season. So let's just, you know, kind of keep it low key and go out and focus on us. Well, they're obviously the intimidated ones. <laughs> you, you literally just had to stand there and go, oh, gosh, 6 o'clock first pitch tonight for Oklahoma and Baylor. Weather looks good. We should be in good shape for today. Josh, what do you make of this this story out of the NFL that's breaking as we speak? Uh Five guys from the same team have been suspended for gambling issues. That's concerning. It includes Jamison Williams is really the name you know. Uh, He's been suspended five games for the upcoming season, which means what? We probably won't see him until November after his breakout rookie season with the Lions. But it might be be deeper issues here for everyone involved. Yeah, I'm going to assume that they weren't betting on, at the very least, like they said, weren't betting on games that, they directly played in, which of course would be the great fear that uh, something's fixed, right? Once the integrity of the game comes into question, oh man, then then you got yourself a serious, serious problem. I think if it if if the NFL felt that that was going on, the penalty here would be much more severe than the six games. But bottom line is this: the the rules are the rules are the rules, and they're very clear to avoid any sort of jeopardy for the integrity of the game playing the the NFL can't exist in that world while to me I got you know like Jameson Williams and these Lions honestly I don't have a big problem with them gambling on the NBA or Major League Baseball or whatever but if the rules are the rules of the rules say you can't do that or you can't bet on anything National Football League related it's there for a reason playing it's it's black and white for a reason yeah exactly exactly it should be pretty simple to figure out this is this is a concerning thing, I think, for the National Football League. Uh, again, there's more on the A's. They're leaving Oakland. They're headed to Vegas. Here's what don't forget about Mark Molda had to say about the A's leaving Oakland. As you might be able to tell, a little bit of frustration from some former A's players, but maybe not so much with the organization. There was never a chance. They were never going to get a new stadium. You know, a couple of years ago when they came out with all those pretty drawings of a right. 30,000 30,000, that was never going to happen. And I'm not even involved in it. I, you can check my Twitter from years ago. I, I've said a few times a long time ago, the A's will never have a new – Oakland will never get a new stadium until it's in a different state. He was right. Same thing with the Raiders. I will never understand Oakland's mindset on this, but I don't know. St. Louis lost a football team twice. They lost the Cardinals and they lost the Rams. I don't know if I've ever seen a city – lose well they lost the Raiders twice they lost the Warriors and now they've lost the A's has there ever been a city that's consistently lost all of them without any plan Josh of trying to look in the mirror and say this might be an us problem (laughs) uh maybe so yeah maybe I can't I can't find one I mean where have teams moved from uh, the Oilers moved from Houston to Tennessee. Well, guess what? They got the Texans, and they're fine. 
Um, Seattle maybe, but Seattle still has the Seahawks and the Mariners, and they're doing pretty well. Yeah, and they might get an expansion franchise. It's 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 never the franchise's fault, but this is the nature of the beast, right? Is if you want to have a professional sports team, the city at some point is going to have to either agree or disagree to pony up on taxes and get an arena built, or guess what? They're going to go somewhere else that will. Um, one more here real quick from uh, from the non and, – and by the way, Jerry brings up a great point. California taxes are ridiculous too. So now you go to a – what Vegas, Nevada as a state has no state income tax, so you're in a better spot financially there. And then uh, playoff note. Last night, if you went to bed a little bit early, the NBA games, I don't want to say we necessarily had the actual score drama that we've had the last two nights, but we definitely had some drama in the Sixers-Knicks game. Joel Embiid kicks Claxton in the first quarter and somehow stays in the game, and then James Harden with the elbow, he gets booted late, but the Sixers win 102-97. I don't know if I had as big of a problem with Harden's. Though it hit perfect. I mean, that was a square shot right to where it hurts the most. I know Claxton was stepping over Joel Embiid, but, I mean, he purposefully reached up and kicked him, so I was kind of surprised he didn't get booted. But only getting a flagrant one. Do you have any problem with either one of those decisions? Well, I think Harden's ejection to me made sense. Okay. And I'm surprised, yeah, that Embiid wasn't ejected. I was shocked. 76ers won the game, though. Uh, they're up three games to none. Kings fall to the Warriors, 114-97. Man, I'll tell you what. That arena was hopping last night. Kudos to uh, the fans in the Oracle. They made that a home court advantage. And Phoenix goes on the road, a Kawhi-less Clippers team, and beats them 129-124. So uh, another triple header tonight starting at 6 with the Celtics and the Hawks. Cavs-Knicks follow it. And the Nuggets, T-Wolves. Nuggets looking for that three-zip lead. And I know we're not a big hockey show, but Josh Helmer, please tell me you've caught the scores from the first two games of the Leafs-Lightning series. Have you happened to catch this at all? 7-2 last night. You see what game one was? 7-3. Yeah, we're scoring some goals. It's basically the same game, just totally reversed. Yeah, exactly. The Lightning won game one, 7-3 in Toronto. The Maple Leafs come back and win game two in Toronto, 7-2. That series is even at a game apiece. Rangers have won the first two games on the road against the Devils. All right, um, are we? is there anything else headline-wise we need to get to, or can we get a break and talk all Sooner football the rest of the way? Let's, let's break it here, and we'll talk Sooner football the rest of the way. It's next right here on The Ref. All right, I'm going to go through a list of things I'm most looking forward to for tomorrow. You ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, The techs have been great. We're going to pick a winner to the tickets coming up here in just a bit, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. By the way, Tommy, you just – you cracked me up. Did you see this on the air comfort – on the uh, text line? Calvin Ridley suspended for gambling. Jamison Williams suspending for gambling, where they play their college ball. That's right, Alabama. <laughs> That's right, Ala gambling. <laughs> oh, and, and I like this for the 918, too. NASCAR, weak attempt by Wallace to do her best Dale Intimidator Earnhardt. Over, under on run rules this weekend. <laughs> 
Two and a half. I'll set the over-under at two and a half, Josh. What so, would you take? I'm going to say under. I think they'll run rule twice, and the other game will be not close, but maybe, Here, maybe not quite run rule territory. If you're, if you're a diehard Sooner fan, you know the track that the season has taken, right? It is. There's one game that's fairly tight and two blowouts, and I think that's going to be the case this weekend. All right, um, so anyway, keep your text coming in. We're going to draw a winner coming up in 15 minutes from now. All right, storylines. Number one, running back. Uh, and did you uh, – Teddy's been speaking up Tylee Walker as a guy. But there's another dude that I think is intriguing. That's Marcus Major. But according to Brent Venables last night, we're not going to see Marcus Major because another injury, unfortunately. I was practicing, and then he just banged up his hand and uh, just a slight fracture that uh, he'll be back and at it here in a couple of weeks. So hate it for him, uh, but he – uh, we intentionally held him out. He, we could have started him day one at spring ball uh, to be full go, but just wanted to help him continue to, uh, you know, get strong and healthy and uh, not risk him. And, and But it really created opportunity, you know, for those other guys. Javante was out here for the first half of spring ball, and then, you know, Gavin and uh, Tawi and Caleb Hicks and uh, – uh, Smothers, and it gave them all a great opportunity to get a bunch of reps and uh, really uh, impressed with that group of guys. Coach, there's been a lot of discord. All right, so, oops, sorry. Um, a <laughs> lot of discord. Who was using that? Was that Parker? That sounds like a Parker kind of a question when you use the term discourse. So, Josh, knowing that Marcus Major isn't going to be in that mix, hearing all the buzz around Tawi Walker, I think it still comes back to, I want to see more from Gavin Sawchuk. I want to see him protect the football. Let's not forget, fumble, as amazing as it was, a fumble ended up leading to the the game-winning drive for Florida State. Uh, Javante Barnes is obviously dinged up too, so it, it might lead for someone to have themselves say, who did we put in the spring game Hall of Fame yesterday? Uh, oh, David uh, – Daniel Brooks. Daniel Brooks and Baker Mayfield. First two members of the Spring Game Hall of Fame. I hear that Baker considers this a bigger honor than the statue that's next to the stadium. But I mean, we'll have to dig on that a little bit. But I got to tell you something, man. There's, uh, it sounds like from a numbers perspective, there's going to be a chance for someone to pop out and maybe have kind of a Daniel Brooks kind of a day. So for me personally, Josh Helmer, count me in as a guy who's really excited to see what that running back rotation looks like and – I want to see Tywee Walker. I want to see what it's uh, what it's looked like for him. So, no major, no Barnes. That's the way it looks, right? And let's see what the next step looks like for Sachuk here. What about uh, the other running backs? Have they enrolled Smothers, Hicks? Oh, uh, yeah. The only skill players that aren't here yet are the receivers. Toby, listen. I want you guys to know this. When Toby drops a player to keep an eye on, there's a reason. Go back. I'm, I'm, I'm building you up here, T-Row. Go back to the bowl game. Who did Toby Rowland tell you was a guy that was going to get over 100 yards on the ground? Gavin Sawchuck. I'm telling you what. When Toby Rowland talks up a guy, it comes from a place of knowledge and when we were taping our podcast yesterday, do you know what name he said he was excited to see Josh Helmer? Caleb Hicks. Ah, Caleb Hicks. 
Interesting. So you add Tawi Walker, who's been the hit of camp, Gavin Sawchuk, who's been the talk of the offseason. You know you're not going to see Marcus Major. You know you're not going to see Javante Barnes. So maybe it is an opportunity for someone like a, a Caleb Hicks or a, a Dylan, uh, Dalen Smothers, excuse me, to go out and have a big day. Though I don't know if Smothers is 100% right now either. Well, that opportunity's here. Yeah, for, for Hicks it sounds like definitely the Denton uh, Ryan product. Somebody's yeah, got to carry the football, right? Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny right now. Um, and Caleb Hicks will shine tomorrow. Very first text. What about Smothers? I, I hope we see him tomorrow. I just don't know. But I got to tell you, it's one of the more fascinating angles. Here's the other one for me, Josh Helmer, and then I'll, I'll let you jump in. The crowd. I've, I, I know we've had debates on the importance or lack of importance for the crowd tomorrow, but listen to what the head coach had to say about the importance of a great crowd and great energy in the stadium tomorrow and how important it is. It's very large. However, what's the largest? Uh, it's large. Like it's at the top of the Richter scale. Um, again, the environments matter. Guys want to, uh, you know, come and play in a, in a championship type of environment, you know, where it's passion. People are passionate. There's intensity. There's an expectation. There's high standards. Uh, there's support. And, you know, this is an opportunity for us to show that, you know, we've been an uncommon program. We're not like we all play football, uh, but we all ain't the same. This is, you know, the winningest program in the modern era. This is a program that has set the standard in college football uh, for, you know, competing and winning, you know, championships. And uh, so uh, this is a place right here behind us that, you know, has the best winning percentage in all of college football since 2000. And so, you know, Everything matters. We say that all the time. Everyone has a part in making this place special. It's a great opportunity. So whether that's on TV, and certainly uh, we'll have you know 100 guys and their families here, uh, and, and as they evaluate their opportunities, you know we're not competing against uh, you know a junior college or NAI school. You know we're recruiting against the best of the best in college football. Um, so uh, you know. Everything matters in their decision process, and and uh, this is a big part of it, you know. So I, I know there's been some back and forth, but Josh, it's not necessarily in game storyline. It's an around the game storyline. Intrigued to see what this crowd looks like tomorrow. I think it's a major story. Well, it would be great to see, and it sounds like upwards of fifty, sixty thousand just based on uh, some of the response we've gotten on, on the ticketing side this morning, that's going to be impressive, right? You want this thing to be impressive uh, from a recruiting standpoint, and I'm sure the, the fans that are there playing, they're going to bring it, man. It's going to be an impressive environment. So beyond that, the, the football side of the equation, again, I want to see what wide receiver looks like. I want to see now that you've, uh, you've seen Jaden Davis move on, I want to see the guys cover it. The wide receivers. So to me, those are the two position groups I'm uh, intrigued by. Wide receiver corner. So for you, would it be along the lines of what Travis talked about when we talked to him at 10 a.m. this morning, that rotation at wide receiver too? Because I I kind of wrote here the battle for for number the battle at receiver and kind of, you know, the Emmett Jones impact. I don't know if we'll truly be able to tell much in this short amount of time in the spring game, but I want to see what that rotation looks like. You know, we don't have 
two separate teams, we have the offense versus the defense. And when that first group of receivers roll out, well, A, who's healthy? And B, who is it? Uh, I brought up, hey, go back to our, our podcast conversation, Soonersports.com slash podcast. I brought it to Toby when he asked me, who's the guy you've got your eye on? I'm like, Nick Anderson. Can't wait to see Nick Anderson. Toby said, okay, pick another guy. So <laughs> that would that would kind of lead me to believe Josh and maybe we're not going to see a ton of Nick Anderson on Saturday. But then obviously I fall into the Javante Barnes, you know what I'm saying, trap. And uh, I am a, I'm a big mark for him. I think he's got a chance to be really good. But I also I want to see how Andrell Anthony looks. And I think he's probably – Probably one of the more anticipated guys for fans to see tomorrow. Andrew Anthony. Michigan transfer wide receiver. Absolutely. What what have you brought in there? So if not Nick Anderson, if Toby's basically telling us that he's dinged up and, and Maybe. not, not going to play a ton, then to me that just ramps it up for Jaden Gibson, who, who we've heard kind of starting to make the uh, media rounds, you feel me? And <laughs> is he going to be able to go out there and – Know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying? Can he go out there and deliver? Because uh, I think he's right in what he said, which uh, he's relaying that message that was passed on to him from the coaches. It's not always bad when year one as a true freshman, you you maybe don't see as much of the field as you want. That doesn't mean that everything's been terrible and everything that you've been doing is wrong. But now you've been here a year. It's time to start seeing some of the fruits of your labor. And hopefully we get to see that starting tomorrow with Jaden Gibson. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, um, two more. Can, can I throw two more quick ones in here real quick? We got time? Because I know we want to make sure we dedicate plenty to our ticket giveaway coming up at the bottom of the hour. So do I have time for two more? You do, yes. Fire away. Okay. Two things I'll be watching from afar while calling softball, which, by the way, I expect no less than 50 check-ins from people that are listening while watching the spring game in the stadium. Fair or unfair, Josh? 50. I'm counting them, too. Actually, I don't have time to count them, but just that's the number I'm giving you. Might be more like 100. Uh, Teddy talked about the Mike Backer competition. Now, that is a level to where I'm going to step back and just listen to everything Ted says between Kanick and McKenzie. And it's interesting to see how the – I don't want to say the tide has turned with Colby McKenzie – but I felt like last year, Josh, um, there was a lot of concerns about, hey, he might be too heavy-footed. It's not really – he might be a guy that you end up seeing bulking up and, and, and hit the defensive line. But now you fast forward five, six months, and he's a dude that is right in the middle of this competition to see a lot of snaps in 23. And I think how Ted put it is it's not really about the amount of plays that you make. It's about the amount of mistakes you don't make. And I thought that was real telling. So I'm, I loved hearing that, but I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on something that is really intriguing to me. With Jaden Davis gone, you lose every experienced player on the opposite side of Woody Washington. So to me, man, I am all in on what that outside cornerback competition looks like. Uh, and maybe the best way to put it is, the spot opposite Woody Washington. And while there's not game-experienced guys that are in that mix, there's guys who have been here, right? 
Um, you've had one year under the belt for Gentry Williams, a year under the belt for Kenai Walker, a year under the belt for Jaden Rowe, who I couldn't come up with earlier in the show. Didn't play a lot, but they saw the field. Then you add just an incredible amount of buzz around Josiah Wagner, an incredible amount of buzz around Macari Vickers. They seem to like Kendall Dolby a lot. So to me, if we're going and drilling in specifically on things I'm looking at, man, that we know Woody Washington, as long as he's healthy, has a chance to lock down one of those corner spots. That battle for the opposite starting corner position is fascinating to me. It's huge. It's huge. Oklahoma has to be improved in the secondary. And if you believe, you know, after you took off the other day, Plank, somebody somebody called in and had said that they had been at practice and take this take this uh, grain of salt that you will with it. But they said that Jaden Davis was running with the wands at corner for Oklahoma. So if you believe that is fact, then that means you lost arguably, again, your starting cornerback opposite Woody Washington in Jane Davis. Now, I know that Teddy and others have said, hey, there's there's depth to feel good about there. But if all of that is true, well, let, let's find out if that depth is ready to go. If that were the case, then I would say based on body language – I would kind of agree. Look at Brent Venables when he's asked about. Go back. There's OU Insider, Sooner Scoop. For some reason, it doesn't say all Sooners. It says John Hoover Media, which I appreciate the hustle, Hoover. Love you, buddy. Um, but John Hoover Media. Go look. And in every single one of those videos who had sat there and, and took in the press conference and recorded it, which I'm very grateful for, for the sake of our listeners on this show, I mean, you could sense whenever he was asked about, hey, you know, Jaden Davis, it wasn't a, yeah, man, wish him luck. Great, you know, just wasn't going to play and blah, blah, blah. You could tell there was a little bit, you know, he, he wanted to do something and we kind of felt like we had that position. You could sense it wasn't a celebration, right? And like some of you tend to have every time a player that you don't think is any good hits the portal. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily know if I buy in 100%. But I am fascinated to see how Dolby, you know, do we, I, I, I think we'll see Gentry Williams. I don't know. But obviously Vickers and Wagner, how they look come, come Saturday. And then one more. Uh, I feel like we've hit just about every position, but I want to see Bothroyd. I want to see Bothroyd. I've heard everything about him that you could possibly hear. Um, if – if you want to get mad that a transfer has been the quote-unquote hit of camp, then fine. But in just you know reading the tea leaves of some of the newcomers and the overall buzz around camp, Josh, the, the Rondell Bothroyd hype seems to be pretty legit. And listen, there's Adebore that is going to be exciting. There's guys like Kelvin Gilliam, whom you all loved at one point. But to me, I can't wait to see what kind of impact number 80 can have in Rondell Bothroyd. 6'3", 275, the Wake Forest transfer, captain, uh, I think had more sacks last year than Oklahoma did. I'm just, I'm, I, I hear a lot of great things. And I think it was Gabe that said, I'll be more surprised if he doesn't have a sack than if he does. 
And again, we don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. What they're going to do as far as rules wise and slowing guys down, but I'm, I'm just interested. I mean, it's a, it's a new guy like Trace Ford. I don't know how much we'll see of Trace Ford. I know he's been a little bit dinged up, but I want to see how this guy looks because all I seem to hear is about how good he looks. Rondell Bothroyd would be gigantic if uh, you have another difference maker out there. Well, just along the defensive line. You need a talent infusion there in the worst way. And we we think we've got that in Bothroyd, but we need to see it. Anything you want to add to that, or you want to wait till after the break? I guess let's take a timeout, and then we can keep rolling. All right. When we come back, we'll give away a pair of tickets to the spring game. We'll get Josh's storylines. He's keeping an eye on. It's the Plank Show right here on The Wrap. Did you see how how much buzz is building around the potential of a first-round spot? for uh Hinden Hooker, Josh. It's it's wild right now. Do you think he's a first round quarterback? I don't. If he was healthy, would he have been uh, a first round maybe, quarterback? Maybe. But he's also gonna be like fifty by the time the draft rolls around. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson, who also is gonna be like fifty by the time the draft rolls around. Uh and give me my sleeper quarterback pick uh, Malik Cunningham or Max Duggan. How's that? Did you know the draft is next Thursday, which means we have plenty of time to talk about it. So stop yelling at your radio. And let's get Josh's couple of things he's looking forward to on cert day. I mentioned a little bit of everything, right? Uh, Travis was on with us earlier, talked about rotation and receiver, kind of the body types of the guys. I'm intrigued by the corner opposite, Woody Washington, that overall battle at wide receiver we talked. Running back doesn't look like Marcus Major is playing. What do you think, Josh? What do you Anything we're missing here? Well, th- this is pretty all-encompassing, but we played this little game last night on the podcast side. Ooh. What's your over-under for the spring game in terms of transfer portal additions that immediately in the spring game are going to be making differences out there? It's a good question. What'd you put it at? I, I would want to say five. Yeah, I, I think we weren't we ran with four and a half, but I'm not married to that number. I mean five and a half. I, I think it's gonna be more than that, right? Right. So I, I just think that storyline within all of this is uh, interesting for Oklahoma. How much has Oklahoma improved itself via the transfer portal and how much of that's on display as soon as tomorrow? Hmm. Over under four and a half of guys you need to see make an impact. And, and by the way, just so we're clear, like you wouldn't can if Kenai Walker goes out there and have two no. has two picks, that doesn't okay. Guys yeah, that they I mean, brought in this cycle. Yeah. Bothroyd. Stogner, you feel I mean, those sure. two right there, you're locked in. Automatic. Rouse, we are we gonna see Rouse? I don't think we are gonna we see Rouse. We won't, right? Tomorrow. But I, I think that you could Andrew Anthony. Yeah. What does that look like? Dude, that might be it. Uh, Reggie. Pearson. Yeah. Well, that's a tough question. I think you're right on four and a half. Just based on, like, if we knew Trace Ford was a go and was going to be 100%, then, yeah, I would put him in there. But I just, I, I don't know. I. It seems as if he's been on that list of guys that we might or might not see. Uh, before we give away a pair of tickets, someone had asked earlier, anything else you want to add to? 
Sears. Oh, yeah, Devon Sears. I was like, wait, hold McCullough, on. Does someone want to go to? Does someone want to go to Sears tomorrow? I love Sears. I think they're all closed <laughs> down. Yeah, Deshaun McCullough is a good one. Sooner Gundy, Devon Sears is another good. Yeah, I, I completely and totally agree. So maybe that would put it right at about – maybe my number is okay at five. So four and a half, depending on who's healthy, right, and that's in a lot of ways – Something we don't truly know until we get there. But, mm, great question. All right, they'd asked whenever the sun comes up tomorrow, what's the timeline of events? Here you go. They'll open up the parking and tailgating lots at night. Now, Josh, while I'm doing this, can you grab our schedule so I know what it looks like tomorrow so we can promote <laughs> you it? You got it, yeah. Okay, thank you. 9.30 a.m., the parking lot, tailgating, all opens up, 9.30 a.m. 10.30 a.m., they'll have the party at the Palace, and the party at the Palace will include, let's see, who's all going to be there? Midway Deli, HTO, Kona I, Supermercado Morales, which, by the way, are fantastic burritos. Great game day. Uh, the So that's 10.30 a.m. The Kyler Murray, or as Teddy might say, Murray, statue unveiling is at 11.30 a.m. with the noon to 2 p.m. photo ops. So you get a good two hours as a fan to go by, get your picture with the Kyler Murray statue, check that out noon to 2. At 12.30, in the middle of that, the stadium gates will open, and at 2.30 you'll have the kickoff. Then at halftime, you get Kyler Murray and his recognition. So what do you uh, what do you have on the Ref Sports Radio Network tomorrow, Josh? Well, I know coverage gets underway at ten, so that's that's what I've got for you so far. There we I go. Thought, I thought I would have uh, I thought I would have an email with everything laid out, but I I couldn't find one. I'll get it straightened out. We'll be able to pass that along before we get out of here next. We've got a four hour promo that plays about our spring game coverage. So maybe we should just play that. I know. Or or listen to it. <laughs> it's uh Or listen to it, yeah. All right, we got a prize to give away. We very rarely have prizes. This is courtesy of a member of the ref army in the Plank Platoon who has hooked us up with a pair of tickets for the spring game to give away to what we considered Josh Helmer to be a what's the best way to put it? Eh, kind of a preview of tomorrow. Your idea of exactly what you need to see, what you want to see. So we have chosen three finalists, or at least I, I have three here with an opportunity to win. Are you, uh, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do this thing. Okay. Here we go. And actually, I guess maybe the best way to – oh, someone – did we mention Caleb Schaefer on the offensive line? Um, no, we did not. It's a very good question, but I, I, I think that's I think that's a really, really good angle. All right, let me start with someone who doesn't need the tickets because I think this is good. Dylan Gabriel. With all the Jackson-Arnold hype, and I hope it's well-deserved – Gabriel is seemingly almost an afterthought. Can he be more accurate? Will he get the ball out quicker and make faster decisions? Can he help us all take a collective breath and let him have his senior season and allow Arnold time and patience to develop? Hope so. Can't wait for tomorrow. First live OU football game in a year since I was deployed last season. Sir, let me tell you something. Ma'am, sir, if you didn't win – 
and didn't have tickets, you would have you would have absolutely positively won. I like this one too. Spring game tickets. I uh, I got off work early and don't have to travel now, and I want to watch the O-line and break it down in detail to my wife, acting like she cares because she loves me. Would really love to go. <laughs> Bro, you're a finalist because I think you and I are living the same life, buddy. I think you and I are living the same life. So there's one finalist. If there was ever anybody not living the same life as 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 or living the same life as me, it's that previous texter. Um, here's a good one. Brad from Tennessee. Speaking of names we haven't heard yet, looking to see how Reggie Grimes resp- uh, responds to the strong competition to keep his spot. What will he do different to reinvent his pass rush? Dude, that's good. That's good. I always thought, Josh, that Reggie Grimes would be a guy that we would talk about moving inside just based on his build, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, Laula, Jonah Laula was that guy, but Brad from Tennessee, I think that's really good because it's a name that it's a name that we completely forget about, Reggie Grimes, right, in all of our conversations? We, we have forgotten about Reggie Grimes and moved on to the transfer portal additions, to signees, and – if there's been legitimate development and growth, then then maybe. Let's see it. I, last year was just – I think it was disappointing for Reggie right. Grimes. Uh, here's a good one. I'd really like to see if Dylan Gabriel is still going to be dropping dimes like he was the last few games. I'll be looking for any new receiver connections. Oh, by the way, I want to add one more too. So we got four finalists here, Josh, that you have to choose from. I would love to take my son to the spring game. There's many things that we would like to see. We want to see the Kyler Murray statue unveiling, and then we want to see the D-line and the O-line. Heck, we want to see it all. Pretty good. Pretty good, people. So there you go, Josh. Decision to be made. We'll allow the winner an opportunity to accept his tickets during the break, and we'll tell you who won next. By the way, I did like this from Go Sooner, who doesn't need tickets. He said the biggest storyline coming out of the OU spring game, Sooner Nation remains competent, uh, confident in Brent Venables and the coaching staff and takes the OU versus the world mindset with 60,000-plus in attendance. Love it. Hey, the schedule, by the way, for our coverage, 10 to noon from Balfour. That's Toby Rowland, Mike Steely. 10 to 2 from Yo Pablo. Tyler, Ted, and Travis. That's, I think, different windows uh, for, for the three. I think Tyler's there throughout. Ted for an hour, a couple of hours, and then Travis that last hour. And then post game from Yo Pablo, we think 4.30 to uh, 6.30. Depending on when they shut things down. I think they're trying to fit that in a two-hour window, too, so that'd be a good time. All right, we're giving away a pair of tickets plus some final thoughts in advance of tomorrow's spring game and a quick little snapshot of what to expect tonight in Waco. That's where I am with the OU softball team on the ref. All right, we got a winner. Congratulations. You know. You know you got your text message, but Josh, here is my here is my corny, cheesy annual reminder. Beyond having a lot of butts in seats, the numero uno most important thing out of any spring game, health. Everybody gotta stay healthy. Don't want any injuries. Gotta stay healthy. Tis the key. 
to a successful spring. And then we'll sit back and see what the portal looks like. I will say there's a couple of guys that you know, you've already seen Corey Roberson and Jane Davis hit the portal. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's a maybe a few more guys that could. But for the most part, um, all the things we talked about are things I want to see. Right? Cornerback battles, wide receiver. I love the term that Travis used, that wide receiver rotation. Uh, the, the running back battles. But I want to see this team come out of the spring healthy and ready for 2023. How about you? Final thought. Yeah, I'd like to see – a motivated team across the uh, the board, both sides of the football. I, you know, if one thing's great, then something else is not great, right? right, is the nature of this thing. So just a nice little mix and match of we see some flashes both offensively and defensively in key areas. All right, y'all. Um, man, fun show. Great reaction and responses on the text line. Josh, Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the spring game. We'll be back on Monday to recap it all live from the trails. Until then, enjoy the spring game and enjoy Steelman and Thune at noon. They're kicking it next right here on The Ref.